Hey folks, uh, it should come as no surprise that I don't like doing these. Um, since I started the show, uh, there's been about five of these in memoriam episodes, and whenever someone who has been a guest on the podcast passes away, uh, I always feel like the only thing I can really do uh, to help preserve their memory, I guess, is to re-release um, a podcast with their appearances on the show. And so that's what we're doing here on uh, New Year's Day. James Asmussen, who is a one half of Ghost Twin, and also a very uh, well-known local filmmaker and artist uh, in other facets, uh, he passed away. I'm not sure what happened. I don't. I didn't know James very well. I met him uh, twice. Uh, both times he was a guest on the podcast. And by all accounts, I mean, uh, you know, I knew Ghost Twin. I had. I have some of their records. Uh, it was a very good band. But by all accounts. Uh, he was a very uh, integral part of the local film community and uh, on top of what he accomplished with music. So, you know, he was way too young. Um, uh, my heart goes out to his friends and family. Obviously, you want to send positive vibes to everyone who knew him and was affected by his death. Um, I'm going to, on this episode, you can hear two two episodes, really, kind of melded, melded into one. I'm going to start with the most recent Ghost Twin episode on the podcast, which was in 2021. And uh, that was an interview that I did once I'd already switched over to the current format of the show and doing the interviews over Zoom. So this was a call I did with James and his wife, Karen, who was the other half of Ghost Twin. And uh, yeah, it was a fun conversation. We were talking about new music they'd made. They'd just released a new record. And uh, it was a good one. So you can hear that in its entirety, followed by a previous interview that we did with Ghost Twin. And this was going back to one of the earliest days of the show. Uh, at this point, it was in the old format, where we were all selecting songs based on a uh, random, randomly generated theme word, and uh, it was with all three hosts that started out when the show uh, began. So it's me, it's Rob Crooks, it's John Ascombe, and we're talking to Ghost Twin, who performed live uh, on the podcast, and we're basically selecting songs and playing them for each other. As I always do when I sort of recycle these old episodes, um, this one's from 2014, by the way, I skip the songs uh you know at the time when we were doing this show there wasn't really a uh any knowledge of how copyright uh, worked or whether it was legal or not to be playing music that doesn't come directly from the guests and so whenever i i reissue an older episode from those days i just kind of fade out the song a second or two into it so you'll still get to hear uh, all of us and james and karen talking about their song selections and obviously the live ghost twin performance is in this episode in its entirety but it's from 2014. Uh, the show is different. Uh, it may not be what you're used to if you're a more recent listener to the podcast. But either way, I thought it was important to include both of these in this episode um, because, you know, he was on the show. He had a lot of good things to say, uh, made some great music, and uh, he's going to be missed by everyone in Winnipeg, I'm sure. So, um, again, it's so shitty that I have to do this. And uh, if I had my way, I'd never have to do an In Memoriam episode. But. Here it is. This is the, uh, I guess, which please tribute to James from Ghost Twin. And it's an interview from 2021, followed by an interview from 2014. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm 
on the internet, as always. I don't know why I keep explaining that I'm on the internet, because everyone's on the internet doing these at this time. But uh, I feel the need, I feel uh, compelled to tell people I'm not doing this in person. And the guests on this show have been on an episode of the podcast in person, but it was many years ago in the before time, and it was a very different format and different style. And so I'm happy to have you on now, because not only are you releasing new music, but you know, there's been a few years in there since we last talked that I kind of hoping to get some some background on what's uh, what's going on with the group uh, since then. So I think maybe the best way to start this off is if the two of you want to introduce yourselves and identify, I guess, what you do in the group and maybe give a bit of background as to where the two of you are coming from musically. Sure, thanks. Yeah, we're uh, we're ghost twin. We're uh, here in, in Winnipeg making uh, synth pop, dark music, spooky music, dance music. However you want to describe that, uh, been doing that for a number of years now. Uh, my name's Karen, and I mostly I sing in the band. I play some guitar and contribute to the songwriting. Cool. Um, and I'm James. Um, I sing sometimes, and I do a lot of uh, work on the computer, and I twiddle knobs and occasionally play keyboards and sing. Cool. And also... Um, kind of put together our like live visuals and stuff like that, which is kind of a funny thing to talk about right now. But you know, it if is, we were yeah. to play live, we, we would have live visuals. But well, yeah. I, and I guess maybe something to to, to sort of uh, frame everything is you know, like you said at the beginning, uh, it's kind of hard to define what you do. It could be synth pop. It could be you know, there's all these sort of genres that that fit it. H- how do you define it to someone who is you know, maybe you run into someone you haven't seen in a few years? Oh, you're playing music. What's sort of the Coles notes quick way? to identify what it is you do because i think it's maybe not as obvious as a lot of styles of music where you can just say oh yeah i'm a country singer or you know i'm a hip-hop artist <laughs> but you, you have something a bit more um nebulous right if yeah explaining it to someone who really wouldn't have an idea i'd probably say it's dance music but more maybe influenced by halloween okay <laughs> that seems accurate for, for sure yeah 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 so like i said it's been it's been years since uh, i had you on the show before and I, I know you have our new record that that is in the works and it's coming out very soon and i definitely want to talk about that but i think that uh, i'm just trying to think back to the last time uh, i talked to you and i don't even think you had the previous ago. album the previous album yeah. that came out no. I, I don't think that was even in the works at that point so what has sort of been the trajectory of the band uh, over the past few years because it seems like you're getting more I'm noticing your name more. I'm noticing, you know, I'm he- I'm hearing you more. Part of it's because I have the record that helps, but <laughs> but but just in general, like you, you seem to be uh, growing in profile, which is very cool um, over that time. So, what's sort of been the the path that you've taken, sort of over the past four or five years? Who you want to um, start with that? Yeah, well, I can't remember when we came on. Like it, I can't either. It was, it was probably 2014, 2015. Like, it's, it's been yeah. quite a while. Yeah. Right? So we 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 could have we might have just put out our EP. Uh, it sounds right. Yeah. It's called "Here We Are in the Night," and um, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, like I mean, when Karen and I started this project, it was just kind of like for us to something to do together and to have fun together. So yeah. it's kind of just kind of gone wherever it's ta- wherever it's taken us. And I think maybe we talked about last time. Probably we're just kind of oh yeah, we know we started this project. Maybe we should record some songs. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Like, what, what do what yeah. do we do with them now? Do we try to get it on a label? Like, do we? try to get play at music festivals or something so it's like it's been kind of i don't know just it's like been exploratory yeah I'm like well what do we feel like doing with yeah. this next right and we right. just kind of come up with a some kind of wild scheme and what for it seems to be more or less working out yeah yeah 
Well, am I wrong in assuming? Am I right in assuming that your profile has risen a bit? I mean, it definitely seems like you are. Oh yeah. More more noticeable, you know, locally, and I'm sure beyond as well in terms of just your presence in the music scene. Mm-hmm. I'd say so. Yeah, I don't whatever, know. For, I don't... Whatever that means. Well, yeah, whatever that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Take it as you as you will, right? But yeah. yeah. So okay, well maybe let's uh, focus on what you have coming up because I mean I, I, you have singles that have come out for this new record that's dropping in in June, right? And so uh, before we even talk about the music, I was looking at the, uh, the the images online of the artwork, and for such a visually oriented band, that seems like it's a fairly key part of of what it is that you do is the the, the visual aspect of the stage show, and it seems to be have been translated to the um, the album art as well. So what can you tell me about sort of the design of the package for this LP? Well, it was it was kind of Karen's idea. Actually, I guess it was. Yeah, we were trying to figure out what we wanted. I was to... inspired by you. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> like uh, you can't really see um, if you're listening, I guess. Uh, but like on either side of us, we have two, like four big giant shelves of covered in VHS tapes. Okay. Think, like, what is this? <laughs> is it Ernest on that? Yeah. It's Ernest. Like, it's, why? Uh, why does he have this? It's it's. You can watch this tape, and if you if you correctly count. The number of times he says Vern or know what you, know what, know what I mean. <laughs> know what I mean, yeah, yeah. And you write, write into uh, a PO box and you tell them how many times and you win ten thousand dollars. In so. what year though? Um, <laughs> it's got to be a few decades. Nineteen eighty seven. I'm a bit late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the tape still exists. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, I guess we were trying to figure out what to do, and Karen had this idea like, well, what if the back of the cover was a bunch of VHS tapes and we photoshopped like so the VHS tapes had the names of the songs yeah. and stuff like that like it's a someone's basement movie collection but yeah. there are song titles yeah so we so I, I went through all of them I think I have about like 1500 or so okay. at the moment I, I sell them off a lot but I'm, so I'm in the middle of purging but yeah. it's around there and I just like I was like okay I was listening to the album I was like okay what does this song sound like I was like this song sounds like strobe like this song sounds like cyber bandits i like i like, I like the, the font okay like okay. feels like that song so i picked out like maybe five tapes for each song and then karen i had karen come up and we when we kind of decided in different stacks like okay what, what looks good with what yeah how does like that how can we integrate these aesthetics of yeah. these different like lost of vhs movies mm-hmm. into our album art but it's but like, like I guess it stems more from like 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 we like I mean like there's a, a a bit of a purpose to this meaning to this madness like I I will go through these with Karen and we'll like we'll kind of mine for little clips that like have a a certain imagery or a feeling that we want to convey with a song so when we're building ima- like live visuals for our, our 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 music we're kind of like looking to create this like series of like this montage that's like. Uh, you know, representing the kind of feelings or like the aesthetics or like the archetypes that are in the song. Okay. So it kind of came from there, and now it's it's just a bit more literal, I guess, on the back with like, you know, the VHS covers, and then and then we 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 use like a lot of analog processing to do our visuals, and so for like the album cover, um, I ended up like feeding it through this this box with a bunch of knobs to make it look all wacky and cool. Like that. And that's what we did for all the interior artwork and stuff like that too. Well, I guess the, the the aesthetic of a VHS too. It has a very '80s kind of vibe to it, and that that seems to definitely apply to what you're doing musically as well. Yeah, yeah. It just it just kind of felt a bit more honest too. Like instead of, um, like I like I like I love our last album artwork. Like that image that Karen Asher uh, took 
It's I a just, very cool cover, yeah. Spoke spoke volumes about like what I was what we were feeling when we made that record. But this one is just kind of this is just us and our like I mean, what, are, what else are we gonna do right now? We like we can't really go anywhere uh, to take photos. So it's just like let's just, we just did it all at home. It was a lot yeah. of fun. That's cool. Well, uh, how does the, I mean, the visual thing is obviously a very important part of, of what you do as a group. And like you were just saying, you know, the, the visuals are connected to the individual songs. How difficult is it for you to, to put out music that, that just has the audio element? Is it hard to sort of uh, make that feel complete? without having the the visuals that accompany it i mean when you when you're listening back to a something you've recorded does it feel empty at all to you or or are you happy with sort of presenting it as just an audio only piece i'm happy presenting it as audio only i mean it's uh, we've done different things in the past it's, it is fun to incorporate the visuals as possible like with the live show with uh We've uh, James made a, a lyric video recently that uses a lot of the visual elements from the live show okay. integrated, and uh, we're uh, hashing around the idea of making a VHS release of our album, which will kind of compound all of that.
guess your I guess your audience too is going to be people who probably have VCRs still, right? I mean, there's yeah. uh, <laughs> it seems well, like wait, like yeah, yeah. That, that, like that was what we did with the first EP. We made a, a like a VHS release, and it was just our live visuals. But yeah, I mean, like with that, with our first when we first started the the visuals were were a really important component of the music because when we, we were sa- we were sampling um the visual we were also sampling the audio of the visual like so we we're sampling movie clips that have that have like some kind of percussive element making beats out of those okay and we don't really do that so much anymore yeah we um, might take that up again yeah. down the road but uh yeah but like before it used to be like very integral so like hearing those sounds without the visuals you know, still made sense, but it made made more sense if you saw the the live show or the VHS release or something. Sure, but now it's not quite as important, I guess. How do you construct your songs? Is it is it completely collaborative, or is one person sort of bringing something? Because uh, I it, it strikes me, I may be wrong, that it seems almost like a split when you're listening to it in in terms of vocals here and then you know bleeps and bloops with with uh, electronics and computers over here. Is that accurate? And and, and how do those two come together? Uh, it really varies. Um, yeah, there's a, we could probably we'd have to like take apart each song and say we we'd probably have a pretty good idea of how it came together. And yeah, I'd say it's like it's probably split three ways. Like a third of the time, I'm bringing an idea to James to and, and saying here make sense of this. Right. And then another third of the time. James comes up with something and also presents me with the same kind of a thing to dissect and produce uh, like that. And then uh, sometimes we'll just jam and come up with something together and probably happens about equally each of those three ways. Yeah. But I think like, like depending on who's doing the vocals, you might assume that um, that that person wrote, wrote that song and like, that's, that's totally misleading. Because it's that's not usually the case. Yeah. Actually, we definitely write songs <laughs> yeah. for each other to sing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that is that difficult at all, or do you do you feel? I mean, I'm assuming you're comfortable enough with each other at this point that you can just fairly simply sort of you know create something for each other to to do, or is it weird? Like, does it feel awkward Mm-mm. at all? Well, I mean, if I make something for James and he's like, I there's this part of it that I'm just not into, then I'm like, okay, well, what should we do instead? Like, right. we're pretty. Uh, we're, we're pretty flexible with our ideas, and we trust each other's aesthetic. Yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> you want to be able to do that, right? For sure. That's good. That's good. So I, I know you said earlier that uh, you know they're, 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 you did the artwork in house because pandemic's happening. You know, you can't really go out and, and do anything else, and that's sort of an issue that's come up, obviously, for the past year and a bit with everyone I've interviewed. Is is how this situation the world is in right now has affected their creativity and their output and their ability to just go about their everyday lives as musicians you're obviously able to be in the same room as each other and so i'm sure that has helped in terms of being, you know just being able to to create but what what kind of struggles have you faced during this weird time we're in as far as actually being able to to create and being able to make music mm, yeah we've we have had a lot of lucky breaks like uh the trajectory i guess like we uh were putting everything together to start making this current album uh, in, like, January, February of 2020. Okay. Yeah. It's a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a while back. So, yeah, that's when we, like, we got, like, approval from the funding bodies to, like, yes, you have some money to make this album. Great. And then 
March happened, and then it's like, oh, okay, well... We were going to record in March, I think. Yeah, we, we were actually yeah. going to record or, 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 in March. Or no, in April, yeah. Everything is completely locked down. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah, I guess we were lucky that uh, last summer things relaxed for better or for worse for a while. Yeah, there's a brief window, right? Yeah. There was a yeah. brief window where the studio opened that we were able to get it recorded. Um, we worked with um, an out-of-town uh, producer to mix it, Valentin Huchon from uh, Montreal. And it didn't matter that we were not able to meet with him in person. We just were like using WeTransfer to get okay. that done. Yeah, but I, I guess otherwise we would have, we might have gone, we, we wouldn't have necessarily needed to go to Montreal to mix it with him, but that would have been fun. We might have done that yeah. if we could, yeah. but yeah. It, it was fine to not uh, have to include that. Yeah, I guess it just meant a bit more back and forth. Um, but 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 he but he got the sound mm-hmm. like he kind of nailed it like you know so it was it wasn't really that much back and forth at all it was just like a little you know nip, nips and tucks and nip, nip picking on our part but um, I don't think it would have gone any faster if we were there maybe it would have gone slower we might just annoyed him yeah yeah right right <laughs> so this is coming out on uh, Artifact Records right yeah well how, how did that uh, connection happen because they 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 put out the uh, the Tunic record recently and mm-hmm. i just yeah. had david from tunic on my show too and they're not a local label so do they have some kind of winnipeg connection or how, how did you get uh, involved with mm, them I get, they kind of do hey? yeah yasik who runs the label or he co-runs the label with, with another guy jeremy he actually used to live in winnipeg okay okay um like a, like a long time, long time ago. ago and our i think our, our friend jeremy pillipow who had a project called distorted memory now he does a youtube show um called black magic craft he, okay he was he was quite good friends with them, and they were giving him distribution for his music. I think and I think we we just became aware of them that way, and we, we we knew like who else was on the label, and we're like that's the label we'd like to be on. And we were playing a show in Toronto. Um, I think when we just like got maybe we had just got the money to record our last album, Plastic Heart, and we invited him to come, you know, just check 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 us out and meet with us, and so we ended up just hanging out with him and his wife the whole night and. Yeah, and that's kind of how that happened. Like, mm-hmm, I guess yeah. he, you know he liked yeah. what he heard and wanted to work with us. Mm-hmm. And, and we realized we weren't insane people, and we were. <laughs> that, yeah. You know? <laughs> it seems. Yeah, like they, oh, sorry. Go ahead. They released our last album as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, it seems like a very diverse label. Uh, just looking at the lineup on there, mm-hmm. and so I mean, even just with the, the the Winnipeg acts, like you know, you guys and and Tunic, I don't think that anyone listening to either of those artists would think that there's uh, any kind of similarity musically but what do you think it is uh, that um kind of meshes all the bands together on that label is there some kind of uh aesthetic that, that connects everyone or is it just sort of scattershot i think i think we can sum it up as something that we call the inner goth okay <laughs> it's music that just has some kind of element to it that would appeal to this person that either lives inside of you or who doesn't, but who's wearing a lot of eyeliner and sitting in a dark corner alone with a single candle. Right. And drinking yeah. red wine. And drinking red wine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, yeah. That uh, any of these bands will have something about them that would appeal to that person. And I guess yeah. some of them are more obvious than others, right? I imagine your music is maybe more directly appealing to that inner goth than, than maybe some yeah. other artists. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, listening to to tunic, I just like that kind of. There's like a darkness there 
Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Could could totally appeal to people with like tastes like that. Yeah, too. like I think it's it's like it's like a bit more plainly. It's like everything that's kind of like grown out of like post punk. You know, any every, all the kind of micro genres and sub genres that have grown out of there mm-hmm. uh, are are very well represented on, on that label. Yeah, well, and I guess they're all offshoots of a, of a larger tree anyway, right? I mean, mm. all of these things that came out around that time period are all interconnected in some way or another. Yeah. There you go.
obviously shows aren't happening now, and I assume that you would have liked to have a release show for your record when it comes out. Do you have any kind of uh, ideas on how to get around that, assuming the pandemic is still on, which it probably will be? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, we were talking about, at the very least, having a listening party. Like a, a virtual listening like party. Like a virtual yeah, yeah. Okay. listening like, party. Like, like, otherwise, it would just be us listening to our record alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we'll probably do as well. Right, but you can do that every day if you <laughs> we want can to. do that every day if we want But no, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a cool idea. I guess it, it's so hard, right? Because, I mean, you know, has, has, it, has it been weird releasing music, the idea of releasing music when, when people can't necessarily access it the typical way? Because, I mean, you know, obviously the way people consume music is so different now than it was even five years ago, but the fact that you're releasing this physically, you're putting out an LP, you clearly want people to get, get get their hands on an actual copy and presumably sit down and listen to it side A to side B, start to finish, right? So does this whole situation we're in where, you know, you can't necessarily release it with a show or get copies of people hand-to-hand like you would have been able to do even two years ago, does that make it weird? Or are you okay with sort of the situation that we happen to be in? It, you have to accept it, right? So we, we accept it, but... It is, uh, it's a little depressing. Yeah. Yeah, it's always nice to actually, like, meet the people who are interested, and it's like, it's, it's a highlight of, of doing what we do, so it's uh, definitely a missed experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, the, our last couple of release parties have been a bit wild, you know? Like, it's like, that's like the moment when everybody comes out to the show, and the mm. energy is really, really just, like, vibrating and pulsating, and... Uh, like I, I mean, I'm sure, like you know, you know what it's like to play music live for folks. Like, like, uh, like, like when you have that connection with them, and they're in the song with with you, yeah. you know, um, like, and and they and they they and they get uh, like some kind of like you know, um, you know, at some level they like they understand what what you're doing, and um, that's exciting, you know. And you get you, you everyone like both sides, like the performer and. the the person watching like get a rush from that yeah experience and now it's just like we even if we do a live stream it's just like us in our in our living room it's essentially like a practice but there's people watching you know apparently mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're saying things uh yeah watching the chat on twitch is kind of fun and, and an interesting like situation to be in but it's not the same yeah yeah mm-hmm. because you there's, there's very clearly a screen between the, between you and the audience yeah, you can't, yeah. can't get get past that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's. What do you feel about the? Uh, I mean, just kind of back to the the way of releasing music. I'm mean, I'm glad to hear you're releasing an LP. I have the the other one on vinyl, the last one, and I'll probably you know pick up this one too. But um, a lot of people, the way that most people listen to music right now is streaming, or they listen to you know individual songs kind of picked out of an album, and, and there's no sort of uh, guarantee that someone's gonna pick up your project and listen to it as a cohesive start to finish unit does that how do you feel about that do you make a piece of music a record as something you want people to listen to as an experience mm. from, from the beginning to end or are you are the songs standalone ish enough that that it's okay if someone pulls mm. out track track five and then track one and then maybe jumps onto another band this one's unique like that because uh it definitely started out as as a collection of songs that were like kind of created as unique entities okay. and we but then we spent a whole lot of time and careful attention in the track listing and uh it 
I believe it kind of grew into something greater out of that, and it can be enjoy. It would add more enjoyment to uh, listening to it uh, in that particular order, but at the same time, yeah, there. It's kind of a collection of unique songs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I would be great if, if some, if you know, if everyone listens to it start to finish. Yeah, of course. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I'm not, I'm not going to, we're not, we're not going to expect that either. I'm sure there's going to be some songs in there that some people love and some people have just never heard. You know, if they, sure. they've listened to one of the other songs a bunch of times and never heard mm-hmm. some, some other songs in there. But yeah, and they're different enough that there's probably going to be some that uh, certain people will either love them or hate them. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, okay. out of, it's out of your hands anyway at that point, right? Because yeah. once it's out in the world, people can enjoy it, I guess, however they, however they choose yeah. to. Yeah, or not enjoy it. <laughs> or, or not. <laughs> yeah. 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 What are the actual details around the release? I mean, uh, again, obviously, there's no there's not a show happening because we're in this pandemic. But how, do, how can people get their hands on the record, whether it's digitally, whether it's physically, uh, once it actually comes out? You're you're the one who's really good at statistics and, and <laughs> statistics. Uh, I believe it's June fourth, yeah. where it's when it's officially released. Currently, it is available for pre-order on Bandcamp. Our ghostwin.bandcamp.com would be the place to go for that. It's on, uh, and for people who want to stream music, it's available any. Place where other, that happens. Every other place, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. When, yeah. Your streaming service of choice, you will find it there.
this being a podcast is you know it'll come out in a couple of weeks from when we're recording this and probably the pandemic will still be on i can't see it not hap- not happening but someone could hear this for a year from now someone could hear this you know six months from now and things may have changed by then what's the best option to f- follow what you're up to as far as potentially playing shows once that happens again in the future uh, i don't know where we post on facebook and, and instagram get quite regularly you know well when we have something going on we don't just post pictures of our dog every day but well dog pictures are cool too like that's, yeah. that's also <laughs> acceptable i think yeah. yeah yeah if you go there you can f- figure out what we're doing and cool well speaking of which here she comes oh right on <laughs> mine is hiding in the other side of the room yeah right on um and then the old the old records are they are they still floating around out there or can people still get their hands on the old stuff oh, obviously digitally it's it's available but are there physical copies still available if someone oh yes yeah we've come got... to our basement yeah we've got uh <laughs> um there's no there's no none of the first ep but we have like a few of of one color in the last one and then uh quite a few of the other one cool um, cool yeah so i guess people should just contact you if they want to or bandcamp is the way to do that right yeah 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 they're both available on bandcamp oh right on it's so dark in the background there that i can see the dog but uh yeah but barely <laughs> right on. just barely it's yeah. just too dark no that's cool mine is mine is the same but like five times bigger but <laughs> yeah so, very cool. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing. I'm glad you're putting on this record. Um, it's it's. It, I'm I'm always happy to hear people still releasing stuff during this awkward time because uh, you know a lot of people have just canceled it and decided to postpone things until whenever, right? So it, it's nice to see that uh, you're among the artists that are still going to be putting out music, and I'm looking forward to hearing it. There's a few singles out now that people can hear, I guess, on Bandcamp and on all of the other services. And yeah, I'm ha- sorry, Jackie's pulling out oh. all of my things. <laughs> <laughs> there go the headphones. <laughs> right on.
Cheers, everyone, and welcome to Witch Police Radio. Yeah, this is episode number 87. Yeah. Sounds oh. right, yeah, 87, yeah. And uh, all three of the hosts are back, which is great. I mean, it's uh, kind of touch and go whether all of us are going to be in the same room, but I'm Sam. I'm here with John and Rob. Hey, listeners. Hi. And, of course, we have guests. We have two guests with us. We have, is it Karen and James from Ghost Twin. Hello. Hello. Thanks, Thanks for going. coming. Thanks for having us. And uh, the listeners would have heard <coughs> you guys open up the show there with a song. Performed in studio, so live. Uh, yeah, it's the first one in a while. I think we we haven't had a, a live song in. Yeah, we're always pleased when that happens. Or so episodes, yeah. And so I've heard of you guys. I don't know if I've seen. You. I think I would have remembered having now seen you perform. <laughs> I think I would have remembered seeing you perform. Um, That's good. How long have you been been around, <laughs> been playing? A year and a half. Mm-hmm. I noticed, yeah. like on your website, things t- went back about that far. Yeah, right? our first time we played was April. 2013. Yeah, yeah, I think we uh, we kind of got the band together about a month before that. Not even. It Not was even. like just before that show. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We were kind of playing with the idea for a long time, and then we were booked in to play that show. We were like, oh, we better finish all our songs. <laughs> how did that? How did that first show go? It was. It was. You know. It was. We had a lot of people say that was much better than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I so I guess we, we weren't sure what to expect. I feel like giving yourself a date when the show is going to happen, especially if it's something new, is always a good way to do it because then you have to. You're basically like, there's no... Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't do, oh, yeah, we'll practice it later. Like, you actually have to. No, yeah. we had to set aside time and actually get it done. And uh, that's what we ended up with. Yeah. So what... I mean, you probably get this a lot. Um, how do you define the sound of what you do because obviously you know there's clearly electronic elements to it some of it sounds kind of almost industrially to me a little bit um and but there's obviously more than that like what do you have a genre you call it or how would you uh, define yeah i don't know we were we didn't really set out to try to i know we, i think we, we knew we wanted it to be electronic and uh my my idea was karen had this old guitar that she bought when she was a teenager mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pretty righteous. Yeah, yeah and I was like, you should you should play this to that in our band because you don't really know how to like play it like as well as you do the piano because she's like, you know, mm-hmm. piano star. Okay. Um, so that will like limit the notes that you're playing, so it'll be yeah. more more minimal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I was playing, t- uh, that's pretty much the extent of my playing. <laughs> it's like okay. sm- a small amount of notes one at a time, but with the arpeggiated electronics and everything, you don't really want more than that. Right. Mm-hmm. With the guitar, mm-hmm. so it mm-hmm. works quite well. Yeah, is there guitar in most of your songs? Yeah, I think yeah. in all of our songs cool. there's some guitar. I like the um, the complement of electronic things and live instrumentation. Yeah, it's always cool for sure. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So for people who haven't listened to the show before, um, we have a randomly generated theme word each week, and that kind of it doesn't you know dictate how the show goes, but it kind of gives us a loose framework to for what we're going to talk about, and everyone selects songs based on the theme word. So the theme this week is blind. Blind. So I don't know um, if either of you had any difficulty finding songs to go with this. Uh, <laughs> I guess there's a lot of songs with vision and sight and things like that. And well, I was, oh, go, go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, as soon as when, when Rob asked me, the first thing I thought of, which was funny, is, is because it's by the band Download, who we're opening for. Okay. That meme on August sixteenth. Sixteenth. Yeah, Saturday. Um, and only because it's just uh, it's a song about about listening and about like mixing. And just and there's a lot of like sound effects in it. And it reminded me of this one time when I was at a video pool and I was editing this project for this uh, guy. It was like a wedding video or something, 
which I shouldn't have been doing there, but anyway. Right, we should, we should clarify you're, you're a filmmaker Yeah, as well. sorry. Yeah. And, and uh, sound artist Ken Gregory was there, and he was like, hey, do you guys mind if I put on some sounds? And I thought he was just kind of like, he might have put on some sounds, yeah, cats, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but he like put on this CD, and it was like a CD <laughs> of sound effects, and it was like, like, a, like a wolf, you know, Door slam. Door slam. Creepy it was like floor. those creepy Halloween sound yeah. things. <laughs> well, no, but it was just like, and he was like just kind of skipping through it, you know, making notes. <laughs> and and that sound reminds me of that. And I don't know. I, and I just think a lot about, um, like, uh, like, I guess since we started making music, I like I, I listen a lot more than to things that I used to. And um, I would imagine that if I was, if I were blind, right. that would be something I would cherish, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, I think that's always... I mean, not that this is a question people always get asked, but um, I've always thought, like, if I had to, this is weird, but if I had to lose one of my senses, I would. I feel like I'd be almost more okay. I wouldn't want to be blind, of course. I'm not trying to say, like, well, blind would be great, but it seems like I'd be more comfortable not being able to see or speak. I think hearing would be really important in any case, not, not just because I like music, but just it seems like, uh, you know, you can walk around with your hands covering your eyes for a bit. You get around okay. People do it. They got dogs. Just, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have canes. Yeah, yeah, I thought that too when I was younger and had to. No, I mean like playground. Last week, oh, like. <laughs> I remember playground debates on which one you'd mm-hmm. go without. <laughs> well, because you always assume that like like you were saying the other ones are going to be a little bit heightened. Yeah. When you when you when you you miss one right so mm-hmm. I'd be okay with hearing and, and taste and touch being heightened so right. <laughs> well, uh, I'm kind of curious, James, what kind of music you might have selected. Do you uh, want to? Oh yeah, so so it's it's a uh, song is uh, I think it's called H Sign Influence by Download, and it's uh, featuring a guest vocal performance by Genesis Peoridge. Okay, oh, cool. And that's the song. Let's check cool. it out. Let's check it out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sensory overload uh, for sure. So, what were you saying? Like, is that sort of uh, just very sound effecty? And like, if one were blind, that'd be. Uh... Yeah, well, he just he just says at the beginning, "This is a." Yeah. What was the? I can't remember. It was like this is the sound of mixing, and then it's like. Yeah. And. Uh, kind of, it's. I would m- perhaps imagine if you had heightened listening, mm-hmm. maybe you hear. Well, there's a lot going on. You hear a lot yeah. g- more going on than regular people might, and there's a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah, definitely, for sure. So that's uh, your opening for that artist. At the yeah, th- like they don't they don't sound so much like that anymore. Like that was, I think, almost twenty years okay. ago. Okay. So uh, their new their newer stuff is more, I don't know, it's more like straightforward electronic and not so experimental. Yeah, like, well, there's members of Skinny Puppy and Download, and the newer Download perhaps sounds like some of the more accessible yeah. Skinny okay. Puppy. Yeah, some more accessible than, than that, so... Yeah, yeah I can see cool. that being a little bit tricky to get into. <laughs> it's like a first introduction, <laughs> yeah. for sure. For sure. Well, where's the show going to be? At uh, Pantages Playhouse. Nice. Oh, nice. I think it's in the lobby. Yeah, I think they have... Uh, at the same time, they have different performances in different kind of... Rooms oh, okay. of yeah. the, mm-hmm. the Pantages, so, and it goes on to like five in the morning. So wow, yeah. party time! Yeah, have you been involved in that festival before? No, this is the first year. Well, we've only, I mean, right? You've only been there, yeah, as as Ghost Twin for yeah, for okay. sure. I don't think we even applied last year, but 
That's cool. That sounds like a, a cool show. Like, who else? Do you know who else is playing that night in, in Fantasius? <coughs> well, uh, Asher Moy? Yeah, our friend Marty, who does Asher Moy. And it's like a futuristic, like, uh, disco. Okay. I guess. That sounds cool. Yeah. yeah so he's, yeah, it's us good. and then him and then download and then uh, another guy, Jeremy Oliver. And then I, I can't remember, there's a lot of other people in the other rooms. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it sounded like there was about 20 acts or oh, wow. something uh, just in that one venue, but at the various rooms. Yeah, that's a, that's a really neat idea to have different rooms if you're mm-hmm. kind of not feeling something or you just want to go mm-hmm. explore. Yeah, it's really uh, cool. yeah, for sure. Check something else out. Do you guys, what kind of venues do you guys usually play at? I mean, uh, I'm sure there's probably a variety, but. the usual. But, but just because, I mean, you're doing something that's a little different from the, you know, the typical, yeah. I mean, you have a guitar, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, uh, sure. And I find that people we've <laughs> talked to have, have played, uh, you know, do more kind of uh, outsider music, I guess is a way to put it, uh, are playing a lot more stranger venues uh, in addition to the regular bars and stuff. Like, do you, I mean, this Pantages thing is kind of unusual. Do you have mm-hmm. a lot of stuff like that, galleries, that kind of thing, or is it mostly just the... You play at Aussies a lot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's, I've seen you at Aussies. Yeah. <laughs> and the Albert. Yeah. Well, we played that one show at the Albert with you. Yeah. Oh, no. With you, and then we played one more, and then, like, it shut down the next day. Yeah, we were <laughs> the last people to play at the Yeah, we played the, the last show at the Albert before it shut down. <laughs> and it was like, and it was like, there's nobody there at that show, and, and we just were like, oh, let's just play. And we played for the for the bartenders. I think it was at the point where no people just was like, was I don't care what's night. happening. Yeah, they were just done. The I, I remember yeah. we, we were actually even discussing whether or not we should like move the show because yeah, because there was all that weird stuff going on with the owners and yeah, they had like that like the bikini waitresses. Yeah, 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 and stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, weird. Kind of gross. I think yeah. I remember you telling me that your show was going to maybe be moved. Yeah, because of that stuff going on. Yeah, hmm. I think I asked around, but it was just too late. Yeah. But then you ended up having the last show ever at the Alberts. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's kind yeah. of a notable thing, I guess. Like I it's, suppose. Uh, well, it's, I think it's reopening. Is it? I, I heard, I, like, I saw pictures. Of yeah, I saw something a while back in the paper, and it was, uh, I don't know if the, some dude's opening mm. it again, I think, but, I mean, who knows. Well, our, f- our first show was at the Windsor. We played at the Purple Room. It was Pones. We played at Aussies a lot. <laughs> And we played at the Winnipeg Underground Film Festival. Oh, cool. mm-hmm. We played at... We at the West End. Yeah, we played at the West End. Um, for Jesse Lanza. Mm-hmm. And then Union Sound Hall, that was the last show. Yeah. What was that show? That was actually a r- Rainbow Trout like pre-show. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they were giving away camping passes. Cool. And you've played uh, Witch Police Studios. Yes, yeah, 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 we have. One of the few. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so... <laughs> You know, um, obviously, people didn't didn't see it while while you were performing, but I mean, you have you have projections going on in the background, and from what I what I read about you guys on the internet, you know, you both have uh, film involvement with film. Um, we've had filmmakers on the show before. We've had musicians on the show before. I think this is the first time that I can think of that we've had people you know involved in both of those worlds. Um, so, can you just give us a little background on on, on your film involvement? Because um, people have just heard heard some of your music. So. Sure. Um. <coughs> I think I uh, started hanging around the film group when I was actually no I I actually I went into this I work there now so okay. I I kind of feel have, feel good about saying this because it's changed but <laughs> when I, I went down there when I was fifteen actually because I wanted to make films when I was a teenager and my dad told me go go hang out go with the film group and I walked in and people were like who are you what do you want <laughs> so I was like okay so I went across the hall to the video pool and started hanging around there and I kind of developed some skills like. You know, but with more of like informed by video art than okay. like 
dramatic film. And then we had went over there and I just took up workshops with the film group and made work films and stuff like that. Um, and then I met Karen and then we started making stuff together. Yeah, we've made a number of films together and James has made a number of them on his own and with other people. Um, I just finished my first film that was not a one-take Super 8, mm. which I'm excited about. It's called Polar Express, in which I play a heavy metal dude who hangs around at the Red River X, and pretty much the whole movie is me wearing a costume with a mustache and riding rides. <laughs> 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 Sounds like an excuse to wear a mustache and it ride rides. It kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so... Um, uh, Karen was in a band when I met her, and that lasted for like 11 years. What <laughs> band? Quarkus. Okay, I've yeah. heard the name for sure, but I don't think I ever... Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I, I, I was sort of in a b band, like, with a couple of friends when I was younger, like, when we first met, and it wasn't very good or anything, but, uh, but I know how to, like, I, and I worked as, like, a professional editor, like, okay. in films and stuff like that for, like, years, I was just working contracts, so I, I kind of developed a really good sense of rhythm, uh... Cutting movies. <laughs> from cutting movies yeah, <laughs> so, so then like when Karen wasn't in a band anymore I was like oh I have this idea like I could like um, I could kind of like translate editing into like music and take um, like sounds from movies and like I, like, I mean I'm not I didn't invent this but uh, a friend of mine did but uh, so I, like I basically thought I, I basically started taking sounds from films and using using like, the percussive sounds okay so, so some one of the songs we played Actually, is a uh, cover of a Quail song, and I, I they released in this box set their backing tracks with some video. Uh, so I took a bunch of clips from their songs and like just the percussive elements. Okay, and you use that as a drum kit. So the images that you're seeing are also the sounds that you're seeing. Mm. Oh, cool! <clears throat> so a lot of our songs are structured that way. Yeah, I noticed that it was syncopated. Or mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, the, the video was yeah, yeah, lined up with yeah. It's a very cool, very cool idea. Like sometimes I just want to have some pretty images and the sound doesn't work because it's like music or people talking or something. But Right. Yeah. But in that case, that obviously... So that's kind of what I bring in. Wait, so what do you edit those those visual sounds on? Do you use a, a film editor program? Yeah. Or? Yeah, like I use Final Cut Pro to, okay. to cut it. To make your beats. And, then, and, I, and then I have to export each video clip and each sound clip. And I load up all the clip, video clips. Video clips are loaded into like this VJ program and then... I use Ableton, and that has, like, the sounds in a drum kit, and then I'm sending the MIDI to the VJ program, uh -huh. and it's, like, they're, you know, playing... It triggers your images? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Complicated. Yeah, it does. It sounds very involved, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's a, there's a friend of mine from Toronto, Tazin Richardson. He uh, kind of invented this, is like, this technique called Jawa editing, and uh, he very graciously showed me how to do it over Skype a couple times. That's how I figured out how to do it. So, technology. Yeah, your side of the band, at least, is all about technology. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And then you have a guitar from when you were 15 years old. Yeah, that I bought after working at the taxation center. It was my first job. <laughs> is, there is there a connection to that guitar <laughs> and the taxation? Or is like <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just because I got the job so I could buy the guitar. Okay. That okay. was that was as far as I could see ahead at that time. And you still have it, which is cool. I do still That's have it. That's really cool. I really haven't used it much. I was in a, a band with my 15-year-old friends. That was, I think we had three songs, and we 
played in a basement ten times. No, that's about as far as that went. But it was a lot of fun, and I'm still friends with them, which is nice. So there's a potential for a, a, a reunion. reunion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll see. All right, well, maybe we should get into another uh, song. Do you have one that you'd like to play? Yeah, I had a hard time thinking of a song. I don't know. I tend to not remember the details of songs <laughs> as much as I should. But I was thinking I, would, I wanted to play something by the Poppy family. So we were thinking which song could perhaps go with the theme, and we thought of the song, I'll See You There. Because of the sea? Because yeah. of the sea, and I guess... Uh, it's Susan Jack singing it, and she kind of takes on the persona of this character who has had a breakup, and she keeps expecting to see this person somewhere, and it never happens. Cool. Let's check it out. Nice one. Thank you. <laughs> Was the Poppy family? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I like that. It was very. It almost got like a bossa nova vibe from it at the beginning. Like, yeah, I know no. it wasn't, but they kind of like yeah. I was expecting three, almost like three, a sax four. to come in or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was a nice song. It was good. So these guys have a Winnipeg connection. You're saying? Yeah, Terry Jacks is from Winnipeg, and then he moved to Vancouver, and he was in uh, a surf band called the Chessmen, and then he met Susan. How do you say her last name? It's, yeah, it's called... Pescalibits or something. Like yeah, that. she was from somewhere in rural Saskatchewan. Okay, I think. Yeah. and then they. I think that he wanted to, to do like solo stuff for her, and then they started this Puppy Family band instead. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, they put out two albums, and then they put out a third, but it was just kind of as Susan Jacks. But he produced it, and it was it's really great. And it just sounds like Puppy Family. On the band's on her album, and then he started putting out this solo stuff, and she did solo stuff that wasn't mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. Is this stuff widely available, or I mean, is it? Sort it sounded of like it was like remastered, right? Because it sounded really good. It for like early, good. You can sevens. find the records sometimes, but they've never released um, their stuff. I mean, there's like a bootleg CD that's right. of like that's like a collection of all their stuff, but uh, it hasn't had like their like reissue treatment or anything. Like <coughs> that. No. no. Huh? And right, and and we were saying uh, when the song was playing, then Terry Jacks, one of his the big solo song that he had was. Mm-hmm. Seasons in the Sun. Yeah, that's interesting. That is, I wouldn't. Yeah, I didn't realize there was any kind of local connection to the. I yeah, I didn't realize that guy was from Winnipeg. Yeah. No, I had no idea. Yeah, originally, yeah, but he's yeah. been in Vancouver area for many years. Yeah, Karen. Um, that was like the, when before we had a record a turntable. She bought that Terry Jacks record. Okay. At I think Sonus Musica. Yeah, yeah, I remember that place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> we n- never listened to it because we didn't have a record player. And then we finally did it, and I was like, oh, this is all right. <laughs> and there was this one song on, the, on that. Which one was it? If You Go Away? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this song is amazing. And then I started getting obsessed with Terry or, Jacks, um, too. Yeah. yeah and I, and right. I bought The Poppy Family, and then there's that one really weird song in there, yeah. and that's what really set it off. Mm. Yeah. But now we, and we have, like, all the Poppy Family records and all the 45s. <laughs> cool. Wow. And, <laughs> and all the, like, the, like, like the the other the guitars from the band he put out like this like it's like a planetarium soundtrack it's about space <laughs> that sounds yeah, yeah. sounds up, up our alley yeah. on the show how did you get into them in the first place like, was it just it's something it's music from my childhood okay. yeah. yeah that my aunt had I just always liked it and then I listened to it later on I was like this is actually still really good yeah did it age well mm. <laughs> yeah yeah cool well uh, you listen to Witch Police Radio and we're joined by Ghost Twin 
And you guys played us uh, played a song to open up the show, but you're going to play one more. Yeah, um, you mentioned that you had one that, that kind of kind of fit the theme and uh, the blind theme in some way or another. Yeah. Do you, do you want to tell the story? <laughs> I don't know. I think you should. Um, yeah, I, I kind of I thought I thought it kind of fit the theme in more like a, a sim, like a metaphorical way. Uh, <clears throat> than like you know a literal way. Well, any connection like th- th- we kind of just say like if you however you can make the connection, it works. For as long sure. as you can justify it, it sounds like you probably can. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, this, this song is about uh, a good friend who I haven't spoken to in a long time, and um, who uh, I don't know he d- who just couldn't see the bad choices that he was making. Okay, kind of kept going further and further into a darker, darker, and darker place. What's the name? What's the song? Oh, and sorry, it's called Chemical Wedding. Chemical Wedding, cool. Let's, All right. Uh, is this person alive? How dark is this place they went to? <laughs> it's pretty dark. Yeah. They're alive? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's all I wanted to know. Really do it, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ghost Twin. Thank you. 
That was a live performance by Ghost Twin. Uh, you guys, uh, you know, again, like we mentioned before, there's a lot of cool visual stuff happening there too. So, uh, so is there a place that people can go and hear your music online and uh, maybe have copies of it for themselves? Good question, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> uh, well, we have a couple of demos that we did like last year yeah. on, our okay. on our SoundCloud, but we um, which is the address? I think of it's which? like SoundCloud.com. Slash ghost. www. Yes. Oh. HTTP. <laughs> backslash. Backslash. www.soundcloud.com. Slash. I think it's ghost dash twin. Maybe. I can't remember. I'm yeah, sure if you scroll down, down typing ghost twin, it'll, it'll show up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it shouldn't be too difficult. Do you have anything that you're working on, like as far as uh, upcoming music that you're recording? Well, we kind of wanted to just play our songs for a while. Yeah. And 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 we keep changing them all the time. Mm. And we think we are pretty happy with the way they are now. So I think we're ready to record something. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're, you know, aiming to do to do like an EP this year. Cool. And is that going to be something you want to release, uh, like physically or just digital or what? Um. Well, well, well. I think Dubditch is gonna put it out. Oh, nice. Okay. Um. But so yeah, we love that. We we had Chris on the show yeah. a few weeks ago. So, great label. Mm -hmm. That's always something I want. Whenever we have a band and saying, "Oh yeah, we're working on a recording or we're gonna put out an album," it's always like the the question, like, "Are you gonna actually release a physical?" Because now, I mean, it's not even a given that someone's gonna release a CD. No, it's true. Yeah. It used to be like obviously CD and then <coughs> maybe digital, but or, or vinyl. But now, yeah, now it's just kind of like who knows. Yeah. So we'll have digital and and then yeah, an artifact or. Yeah, in some form, mm -hmm. tape. Tapes, yeah, tapes. Tapes a good one. So I guess uh, to keep keep going with the blind theme, though, do you, are you cool by the way, something? You yeah, totally. I'm, uh, I had a lot of uh, uh, not agonizing, but I had a lot of like I was thinking about this. This happens every week. I come up with a million ideas and I can never narrow it down. And I'm just gonna go with the first thing I thought of because I had all these crazy tangents and ways to connect to the theme. And uh, one of my favorite artists uh, in any kind of music is Ray Charles, and he's blind. And I figure that's the most obvious connection right there. Uh, I've played him on the show two or three times before, and I, I, he's one of those guys that I really try to avoid overplaying because it seems almost every week I can think of something that Ray Charles has done that will fit with the theme. But I haven't played him in like 50 episodes or something or 60 episodes, so this, I, figure, <laughs> I figure I'm good. Uh, I've talked about this on the show when I've talked about Ray Charles before, but he does... A, um, back in the, I guess it was early 70s probably, he appeared on the Johnny Cash show. Johnny Cash had a like a talk show, music like variety show. And Ray Charles appeared on the show and he did a cover of Ring of Fire on Johnny Cash's own show and he kills it. It's unbelievable. He awesome. turns it... I mean, Ring of Fire, I like the Johnny Cash version. You know, it's a, it's a classic song or whatever, but it's got those cheesy mariachi horns mm -hmm. and it's very kind of hokey. Like, it's... And Ray Charles just turns into something super dirty. Like, he just, he just uh, like, sleazes it right up. <laughs> and, um... I don't know. I, I can't imagine like being Johnny Cash there, watching this happening in front of you, mm. <laughs> just being like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, it's like the Stones watching. Was it like Otis Redding or someone? Wait, wait, wait! It's just like, like oh, I mean, I, I love Johnny Cash. I'm not trying to put him down at all, but I mean, like the just the amount of soul in Ray Charles' performance versus his kind of like, "Hey guys, we're you know." It just, I don't know, and it's it's really awesome. Um, I don't know if it ever got released on an album anywhere. It's something I found on the internet. Just like looking, watching a bunch of Ray Charles videos, and it was just kind of—I've watched it a lot since. So, like, I really love it, and uh, so yeah, we'll check out Ray Charles doing uh, Ring of Fire. So 
So yeah, that was Ray Charles uh, covering Johnny Cash. I was actually from 1970. I looked up the date there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm a big fan of his stuff. I uh, I kind of like... You guys probably all saw that movie, right? That, that biography, uh, the, the Jamie Foxx thing? I was thinking about how that movie's so much better than the Johnny Cash one. The Johnny Cash <gasps> movie sucked. I liked parts of it. The best part about the Johnny Cash movie was Dewey Cox. Because <laughs> Dewey Cox is is a really funny Walker, movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was gonna say though. Is like I, I feel like the movie. Um, a lot of people kind of all of a sudden, like it was really good at introducing people to Ray Charles again. I think a lot of people in our generation, like I remember him as a kid as being the Pepsi commercial guy. Yeah, you got the right one, baby. Uh huh. You know. And then he was in the Blues Brothers. I remember from that. But it's, it was always you know growing up. I was never like oh Ray Charles. His music wasn't on the radio or something. Right, 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 right. Like, so I mean, I, I was listening to him. I was listening to. I found him. I don't know how I found him, but like. A few years before that, I was getting starting to get really into him. And when the movie came out, it was like, "This is great," because it made more of his music became available and stuff because it was like a increased demand for it. So it was cool. But um, yeah, like he had a super long career. Like you know, that was like he'd already been doing it for like. Hey, he looked. He didn't look young in that. Well, video. He's probably forty. I bet. By yeah, like, he yeah, looked yeah, around yeah. forty. And now you know, and then he still kept playing until he died, which was only what a few years ago. Like yeah. So I don't know. Um, I, I like the cover. I like what he does with it. I like how he. Uh, you know, it's all soul, which is kind of his thing. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. And, I mean, like, we, you know, he was, uh, I don't know if he was on heroin while he was doing that, but he was, like, a junkie at this point, too. So, I mean, that uh, I don't know if that affects your ability to play piano when you're blind. I feel like yeah. it would probably affect your ability to play piano when you're not blind, let alone being blind at right. the same time, but I don't know. I mean, he seems like... Yes, I, I, you are, I guess. Yeah, it gets depends who you are. Like he's he's he's, uh, he's not a biography um, called Brother Ray, which is really interesting, and because uh, he's just very very open and honest about everything, like drug use, all this stuff, and uh, it sounds like the thing with your other senses are heightened probably existed with him for sure because uh, like he flew an airplane, like <laughs> he was on tour, and uh, they, like everyone else fell asleep, and he told the pilot it was cool, and he would fly it and for like an hour. He flew with the uh, And, like, he, he, used to, he used to ride a bike and he had a car that he what? drove. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I mean, that, which is insane. No, that's that, not true. I don't true. believe that for it's a true. second. It's true. Or that no, movie I'm, needed to be way longer and have, like, They should have included that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of including <laughs> how movie, he, like... The movie should have just been that. Just him <laughs> riding <laughs> bikes and flying planes. Like, <laughs> they should make a Ray part, too. They should. And they should do about the, yeah. Just the whole movie's the air flight. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like this super tense thriller. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Remi- it remi- kind of it reminds me of that Kids in the Hall skit where it's like the big bopper and Richie Valens right. and like Buddy Holly and like one of them's really drunk. He's like, I'm going to let my monkey fly the plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, weird. That's weird. Yeah. But yeah, Ray Charles is like one of the, you know, I mean, there seems to be like a bunch of blind musicians that are kind of. I mean, like, Stevie Wonder would be the other one, right? Like, just, mm-hmm. he's, and also incredible at music. Like, I didn't, you know, I like Ray Charles better, but and, and just, it seems like uh, there's a lot of guys who use blindness to, you know, it, it, not to their advantage, because it's not an advantage, but, like, Stevie Wonder plays every instrument on some of his albums, right? Yeah. And he's blind, yeah. which is crazy. I mean, it's crazy enough to play piano when you're blind, but play drums and stuff, too. Like, it's... Yeah, I mean, these guys would have been amazing musicians regardless. Anyway, yeah, but, but it's it's crazy that it's not even a handicap, like, for... Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he was, you know, he's getting paid ton. He was, like, a very, very big celebrity at one point. I mean, he's, you know, I guess he always was for most of his career, but... And he's blind, so... Obviously, mm-hmm. blindness is not always... I don't want to say it's not always a bad thing, because I'm sure it sucks, but... I mean, people can... 
accomplish great yeah. many, many things. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, nice one. Yes. Shall I play a song? Yeah, sure. sure. Um, I'm going to play a song that um, is by the artist Nicholas Jar, and yeah, I was listening to this album recently, and it actually has a song "I Got a Woman" that samples Ray Charles. We listened to it before the show. Yeah. Just while we were waiting around. It's interesting, yeah. Yeah, and this album is, um, like, it's recent. It's from 2011. And I, I think I've had it for a while, but I hadn't listened to it very much until just recently, and I've been pretty into it lately. It's kind of mellow, electronic-y stuff. Okay. He, he does sing a little bit. He sings on the song I'm going to play. Uh, but most of it's instrumental stuff, and kind of... He's even, like, he'll say in interviews how, like, he, he's kind of an electronic musician, but he plays at, like, 80 to 100 beats per minute like his stuff is like just kind of a little bit slow but then I was watching some clips of him playing live today and he'll also just do like electronic sets where it's you know like a dance party and just kind of kind of rips from? it up uh, he's from New York okay um, he's Chilean and he lived there for part of his childhood but he's basically a, a guy out of New York and uh, I think this is the only release that he has a solo one. and then he's has a collaborative thing with someone else called Dark Side that I haven't, so haven't checked out yet. Is the connection to the blind theme that he has a song that samples Ray Charles? That no, uh, this song mentions something but not being able to see. Okay. Yeah, there's pretty like repetitive lyrics that just kind of come and go. But um, it's called Problems with the Sun by Nicholas Jar. Welcome back to Watch Police Radio, where Rob is currently having, I- having an identity crisis. There's <laughs> 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 another lookalike Rob Crooks, who's a moderately successful actor, apparently. Doing better than I am, that's for fucking sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, Problems with the Sun by Nicholas Jar. And um, yeah, I only, I, I've been listening to this album quite a bit, but I didn't know much about him, so I was looking him up today. I was surprised, I don't know why, but I was surprised that he was fairly young. He's like 24 or something. Oh, yeah. I think because a lot of the vocals, if there are vocals, it's pretty processed and put through pedals. And like, so that one, you can't tell, you know, anything about the guy. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty into it these days and <laughs> excited to hear what else he might come out with. Very chill. Yeah. 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 yeah it's pretty mellow. Mm-hmm. A lot of this album is called Space is Only Noise. And some of it's pretty just soundscapey. Spacey. Spacey. Space noisy. Yeah. Lots it's funny that you synths and bloops and blips. I know the this kinds is what things I'm into. I know this is what you're saying, but it sounded to me like you were just saying that uh, processed vocals make someone sound older. Hmm. That's <laughs> not what you're actually trying to say, but. Well, in this case, I mean, he's good. They're deepened. That's right, not right, his right, voice right, at all. Right. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I don't think that he's singing like very straight up at any point on this uh, on this album when he okay. when there are vocals. Yeah. Uh, what else? I don't know. He um he started to <laughs> talk about <laughs> whoever this guy Nicholas is. Nicholas <laughs> Jar. He had started a label that is now he he put a, a stop to it and he has some stop sort of label. Yeah, to he switched over to some uh buy subscription art something. So I don't know what it, what it's about because I went to the website and I'm not a subscriber, so I got so to see to I got to see nothing. Yeah. So I don't know what's on there. Um, Might be magical. What kind of things are going on? Yeah. Hold on, sorry. What? I I, I missed that. He so he's he had a he, label, but he had now a label. He do, you have to be uh, subscribed to access his his label. I don't think it's a label. I think it's more of like um on like maybe an online magazine type of thing. 
He had, yeah, he had a label that he used to release. <laughs> Does his music come out on this online magazine? No, I think this album came out on his label. Sound, what was that? I wrote down because it's... This Clown and Sunset was the label. <laughs> Clown and Sunset. And so now he's got a thing called Other People, and uh, I think it's more of like an art collective type of thing. I don't know what's on there. You're just making this up. <laughs> well, Wikipedia made it up on his website, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of subscriptions, um, we do have one more song, which we're going to get into in a minute. It's Rob's Choice. But uh, if you want to subscribe to our show, you can go. You can do it so on Stitcher, which is an app for listening to podcasts. You can also hear it on their actual radio on Monday nights at 11 o'clock on 101.5 UMFM. And we're also on uh, whichpolice.com. You can find all 86 previous episodes for free download and streaming. And you can find us on Facebook slash Witch Police Radio and Twitter at Witch Police FM. And uh, we're also on Instagram now, which I just started kind of posting uh, photos from when we're recording the shows, things like that. Photos of your cat. Um, yeah, no. And stuff. No, not that. Okay. But you, don't, you don't really like your cat. I don't dislike him. I just don't really like cats. <laughs> I think that counts. And you know what? You know what? It's funny. It's not that I don't like cats. Your cats aren't that great, though. No, it's not that I, I don't like cats. cats. I don't. I don't like cats as much as dogs. That's the thing. Cats t- compared to dogs, they don't really fit. You know, they don't fill the same role. No, they don't. Cats, are, cats as cats are fine. Guys, thoughts. <laughs> cats make my eyes swell shut. Yeah, yeah. So I don't trust them. Not, I don't trust yeah. dogs. Right, that's the thing. Right. I, I mean, yeah, dogs. you can't. Uh, cat, cats are shifty. Cats seem like like just crazy assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I took a, a stupid intranet quiz to to see how much do you love qua- cats, and I got zero percent, <laughs> and it said you're a horrible person. Wow. You know, <laughs> I feel like there, I feel like there's this made up war between Cats cat and people and dog people. Well, I don't it's think it's like the two standard, you know, pets people have. Really, yeah, I guess so. I mean, like if you know someone who has like weird pets, spider people, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> people. iguana people, iguana people are awesome. weird. Yeah, do you like iguanas? They They're fine. I wouldn't want, like, an iguana touching me. Really? <laughs> no. I think it would be kind of cool. I crawled into an iguana's cage once. How yeah. big was the cage? Yeah, my cousin had a It was iguana. almost all of his cousin's bedroom. Yeah, it was wow. like, half of his bedroom was, like, <laughs> it was, it was like, like a nine-foot-long iguana. Cage. Whoa. But, like, cage but, like, like it was a terrarium. Well, a terrarium. It sounds like a self-enclosed. It was a male, and, like, it one day he just decided it didn't like other other males. Okay. Of any species? Of any species. And he went in there to, like, you know, to give it its food. And it just like just like took a bite out Whoa. of his foot and like just pulled. So his he lives with like my, my grandma, so she she had to go in and feed him. That's crazy. Wow. And Karen went in there and it's fine. Huh. You're yeah. still alive. Yeah. I think you it was like six that. feet long though. <laughs> That's yeah. terrifying. That's, that, 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 I was thinking like a dog was like this big baby. Yeah, yeah, it is like a dinosaur for sure. I know someone who had piranhas, really? and then uh, yeah. their piranha his piranha passed away. <laughs> and he got spiders. He got tarantulas. <laughs> oh, who does? I don't know. I just, I just want to be on record though that, like, you know, I don't, I don't hate cats. I just wouldn't put them on Instagram. Sure. There's a lot of cats on the internet. It's like we don't. I don't I have to limit the number of times I post my pictures of my dog on Instagram because, like, because I like, oh, that's such a great picture, and I like go, I'm like, oh, the last picture I put on there was of my dog. Maybe I shouldn't. You can and it looks like it. the exact same. <laughs> Pretty it's much. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're making that same exact cute face I thought was cute yesterday. <laughs> but so other than dogs on Instagram, uh, how, you know, before we get into Rob's last song here, how, how do how do people find more, find out more about you? I know you've mentioned it, uh, the SoundCloud page, but, I mean, do you have a website? Yeah, ghostwind.com. 
And there's uh, there's some, a couple of videos. Like I, I put up some of the some of, like the videos that my computer triggers. Okay. Uh, like like it synced up with our song, so there's a couple of those. Cool. Oh yeah, so the ones that are sort of more music video like mm-hmm. is th- those are like the videos where you've taken sounds from. Hmm? Right. Sorry. The because there's some videos of live performances, but then there are videos of yeah, just imagery. Yeah. Those. So those ones like uh, actually, like, uh, I don't remember what's on there, but there's yeah, some of them are just visuals, but they're still triggered by the drums. Okay. And then some of them are visuals, and the sounds of the visuals are also playing mm-hmm. as kind of percussive elements. Cool. Yeah. And you're playing a show as part of Meme. We are playing a show. We're opening for Download. On Saturday, August the 16th at 11 p.m. at Pantages in the main lobby. Mm. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, so what do you got? What do you got to close up the show here? Tupac Shakur. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Could only be. I actually wanted to go last so that people didn't need to listen to the song. Did you actually want to go last or were you just. Yeah, no, I wanted to go last so people could just be like, I don't need to hear this Tupac song. Yeah. Because the reason I want to play it <laughs> is, like, when I heard the theme was blind, it was actually the first song I thought of. Yeah, I remember you, you mentioned it. And um, it was, like, a song that I had listened to recently because when I was, like, 15, I, I really liked this song. Yeah. It's, if, it's, it's, it's called uh, Can't See Me, and it's, it's from uh, his, like, Death Row debut. So it was produced by... Um, Dr. Dre, and it actually has George Clinton on it, which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool, cool, yeah. And um, I kind of, you know, I listened to it recently just to, like, go down memory lane, and it was, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, I don't even even think I listened to the whole thing, right? And it's like, I think Tupac's, like, this, he's becoming such a strange character because he's becoming, like, this kind of, like, Bob Marley, Che Guevara character. Where he's he's being, he's becoming such an icon, and, like, I work with a lot of young kids uh, make, helping them make hip hop, and it's like so many of them. Like eighty percent of these kids that I work with, it's like you ask them who their favorite rappers are. It's Tupac and Eminem, and they can't Tupac, name Tupac. Really, they can't name anyone else. Huh, that's weird. Yeah, you think they'd be picking like contemporary? Well, no, and like a lot of these kids, they don't even know very much Tupac music, you know. But it, you know, they just—he's just an icon. Yeah. He's just an icon, yeah. And it's like you know, walk through Portage Place Mall and, and look at how many Tupac shirts, Tupac shirts are for, up sure. for sale, for sure. You know? yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, but even like older people, like I sometimes I get asked the question. It's like, what do you think about the two kings, like Tupac and Biggie? It's like, oh, fuck, I don't give a shit about yeah. either Tupac or yeah. Biggie. I don't listen to either of them really. Yeah. But uh, the real reason I wanted to I wanted to play this Tupac song is because I recently uh, came across this video of this uh, this guy Kumo D uh, talking about capitalism and, and hip hop and the infrastructure of capitalism and how it has um, affected hip hop culture and as a result kind of like black culture in America. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you who do who don't know, uh, Kumo D was this guy who was in the Treacherous Three back in the early '80s, and uh, he he actually kind of um, is the father of like modern hip hop or modern rapping because he was in a battle with this guy uh, Busy B uh, back in the early '80s. And uh, Busy B is like when you think of like that old school style of rapping, like Busy B is that personified. So. You probably heard the phrase like "ba with the ba the bang a dang diggy." That's actually like a busy bee. Huh. Uh, that's from a busy bee song. That's cool. 
And so uh, Kumo D and Busy B had this battle. And, uh, you know, so, like, Busy B went first, and he was just, like, he was, like, a star at that time. Everyone knew who he was. So he was just on the mic, and he just rapped for 15 minutes. And it was like, da ba dee ba da ba Right? And then he was, like... And then he, he did his part, and he, he, like, got off stage, and he went and had a drink, and all these, he was surrounded yeah. by all these girls. And then, so Kumo D, w- in the meantime, was on stage, and someone had to come up to Busy B and be like, hey, man, you're, you're getting served right now. Someone's murdering you. And, and so Kumo D is, like, kind of was rapping in, in what we kind of consider rap now. I mean, obviously, it was still early 80s. It was still old school, but it was a lot more along the lines of it influenced a lot more people after him. Isn't Kumo D kind of known for, like, L Cool J. Yeah, that was that was later on. That would that would have been like you know more like Early later 90s? on in the eighties. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's. I mean, he's been around for a long time. But uh, so, anyways, he he gave this talk, and he was he was basically just talking about how um, because the way things are set up in hip hop culture, you get you get these very small um, subcultures becoming like represented as the main yeah. kind of influence so he talked about like when in the early days of hip-hop you kind of had in the black community um like the black panthers and then also like the pimp because but because the the pimp side of things was so so much more about style and it was so much more visual that people kind of got into it and so it was it was more flashy and even though that was a really small subculture it came to represent uh, like the culture as a whole m- more so and you know and then it became like endearing to call someone pimp and like right. I've always found that really weird you know it's like hey you have a show like Pimp My Ride or like, yeah 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 yeah. and it's like that's it's treated just, like a positive thing yeah it's like, disgusting yeah, 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 it's yeah. like what well, you want you want like to like exploit my car and put it on the street <laughs> so for other people to use yeah, yeah it's <laughs> yeah. weird it's not cool yeah. right but then yeah he, it is weird yeah. he t- but then he just kind of talks about how like you know this this, this develops throughout you know like hip-hop culture and he talks about how like when people like Karis one and public enemy were like starting their own kind of movement and they're doing it without radio play and and labels didn't really want anything to do with it and then um the 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 first time where the labels really got involved heavily was with tupac and biggie and so you know he just talked about how you have again like this very small subculture of people who are like violent and talking about gangsterism and you know that's what's being played on the radio, and it, it comes to represent the culture as a whole. Because you know people who are working jobs or people who are in school don't have time to go and make records, or don't have yeah. the money, or they're not inclined to. And so he basically talks about you know really how how Tupac and Biggie was kind of that moment where everything changed in hip hop, where it where it stopped being in con- in control of the artists and the people who were you know started it and really involved in it and it became something that was more controlled by the labels and the mainstream and it's and basically how it's been downhill ever since so i mean it's a really interesting talk if you if you youtube uh kumo d cap infrastructure and capitalism it's it'll come up and uh i suggest everyone go and check it out so this is going to be tupac. tupac can't see me tupac shakur all right thanks for listening everybody <laughs> yeah thanks for, thanks, coming, thanks for coming on the show thank you for having us The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes Looking hard but won't realize That they will never see the peace